I'd like to ask you, explain to our audience who Physicians for Smoke-Free Canada is. Uh, well, they, they had ceased operation recently, I think. I, I think they've, they've started up po possibly with some funding from Health Canada, but I think it's just a couple of old friends of mine who are, uh, are running the, uh, the organization now. And so what, like, okay, a couple of old friends, like, what does that mean? Who, like uh, people who uh, probably don't have something better to do with their time and aren't willing to have anybody question what they're doing and seem to enjoy uh, sending out uh, abstinence-only tracks. Uh, they're not doctors. Uh, I think they're they, at least at one point they were well-meaning. At least one of them, I thought, had uh, good strategic sense at uh, one point in time. Uh, but if they're not willing to talk about what they're doing now, it's really hard to uh, to understand you know what's up and why would they behave in the way that they are? Uh, I mean, I think we did, should demand better. And indeed, if they've got Health Canada money and they're engaging in propaganda rather than facts, I think that's a problem. I mean, it's only been since late October, early November that I started getting emails from them again. <laughs> so they literally just started again. So if Health Canada is funding this, Health Canada is funding the propaganda. Yeah, I, th I think it was uh, was it Ivan Illich who said the nature of institutions is they almost invariably end up doing exactly the opposite of what they were set up to do. Uh, Physicians for Smoke Free Canada actually did some quite good stuff back in the uh, back in the 80s when we were uh, working to, to set some of the precedents in Canada. Um, I think it's drifted, uh, but you know if they're not willing to uh, to sit down and talk about what they're doing or try to give some justification for it. Uh, you know, that, that's a problem. That, that's not the way you develop good policy. Uh, I think that they, like me and everybody else, should be questioned about the views that they've got as we're trying to figure out good policy. We should look at, at actual facts, what's going on. Uh, we should be medical detectives. That's what you do in public health. Look for information from every source that you can get it. And that we have people who are not looking at how many people have been going to vape shops and quitting smoking where they're not looking at what's happened to cigarette sales in Canada or the States or other countries, how much more rapidly they've gone down when vaping became available. Okay, so you don't need to give me their names, but I, I am asking you to, to give us some information in terms of what's their background. Like, were they car salesmen? <laughs> no, well, I mean, one um, uh, actually was a very good person at Health Canada. I worked with him uh, for years. We helped get you know, help push legislation through in the 1980s. Um, I, and, you know, these are people I, I used to respect. I think they, they lost their way for reasons that are probably ideological. Uh, they're anti-business, anti-capitalist. They're probably very upset that somebody might make money off getting people off cigarettes. Uh, I think, and I'm, I'm, because they're, they're not willing to talk about it, uh, uh, which, which I think is hugely problematic if you're trying to develop policy. Uh, and you're trying to influence what's going on in Canada and you're not willing to sit down and try to explain the justification for what you're doing. But for people who see capitalism itself as the problem, that's what they're fighting. And we see it with other NGOs. They're not being pragmatic. They've got an overall ideological goal and it gets in the way. So if they say, well, yes, if, if we manage to prevent that 40,000 deaths a year from cigarette smoking in Canada, with products that had little or no risk, but somebody made money selling those products, you know, that's the problem. If this is an ideological issue, they hate capitalism, they don't like the market, you know, they want to control people and what they do, they're leftists. 
I mean, if they want to say I'm being political yep. by doing that, but, that's wrong. I mean, they're, they're, if you act red, you're red. You know, if you act blue, you're but, blue. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the importance of discourse, Brent. I mean, I, I find it very disturbing that we have people who will, you know, take very strong positions and refuse to discuss where they're coming from, what they're doing. Right. Uh, the people who, for instance, attack Public Health England on its positions, but refuse to actually sit down and discuss it. It's refuse disgusting. to say, you know, I can put you in touch with the people who write those reports. They can explain where it comes from. I can put you in touch with people who can explain why the CBC coverage is completely mixed up on the science. It just misses key, key things. You know, it's incredibly biased. I can tell you who the scientists are you can talk to. You might decide that they don't have any credibility and I don't. You might decide that we have credibility and they don't. That's how political discourse is supposed to work. You need to have that discussion. And if you try to shut down the discussion, if you try to, to, to simply scare people rather than inform people, you know, that's not getting us to where we need to be if we're trying to get decent policy in this country.